0: Are we rolling, Jimmy? <laughs> Jimmy, are we rolling? That was my uh Robert Plant imitation. In case everyone is wondering, I'm sure you're like, wow, I actually thought it was him. I, I, I
1: thought he was a
0: <laughs> welcome, everybody, welcome to uh summer sparks and sparkles summertime (laughs) and the living's easy how are you doing amy
1: very good but that does you know and i think we mentioned this before that just reminds me of you know one of the favorites for me and melanie is uh stones uh uh stones stone all summer yeah by, fi- by fifth dimension
0: yeah. yes
1: well it's it not officially really summer yet right
0: <laughs> no but we're nearly there it's it's pride After. month i'm I i'm priding i um, love your
1: i love the necklace looks great oh
0: thank you it's so this
1: funny another... we're both wearing stars today too
0: yay well you know you could say stars are sparkles i think they kind of are and also of course you have the sparkles on your glasses so mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, What I was going to say was this is another Teddy Divine item. So uh, the only thing is I have actually, this is my second, I think, star necklace from them. And you just got to be real careful. Uh, You can't just shove it in a drawer, which is sort of my style far too often. But um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Teddy Divine. Um, And Taddy, if you're listening, I am really happy to continue modeling uh, (laughs) necklaces throughout our Sparks and Sparkles time. Anyway, enough of that. This is our part two of talking about the wonderful Indiscreet. Um, Shall we start with the sparkles at this point? Yeah. Let's see. What, What do you have?
1: So I actually don't have any sparkles today. Well, I don't have any alcoholic sparkles today. I'm not feeling great. Uh, So, but I am, I am enjoying, you know, some, some uh, soda stream sparkling seltzer and lime. Hey, cheers.
0: Hey, that's cool. You don't have to have alcohol to have a good time.
1: Um, Normally I do. And I did actually have the thought. (laughs) I did actually think, you know, I might feel better if I do drink.
0: (laughs) wise words it is that is wise um well i'm sorry to say i have alcohol yeah of course i do of course i do um i have something i actually just picked up at trader joe's it's called french fizz le Jose. uh it's only like six bucks or so which you know uh with inflation as it is you gotta say this is a good buy but is it any good we're gonna find out so this is so cute and you can reuse this yeah if you want for when you're making your own french fizz at home (laughs) hey cheers cheers well this is actually quite nice it's very it's light it tastes a little bit like maybe a slightly alcoholic um, seven up. I don't so know it's, if that's so it, it sweet. It's not too sweet. There's like a little bit of a, a fruity note to it. Um, it's made in France. So Fabrique en France, Fabrique en France. French fizz. It's all right, it's uh, JL Kinson. I don't know, maybe. Uh, anyway, nice. cheers. Cheers to that. So uh, we had a wonderful, to just sort of recap things for those of us who are joining you. Wait, for those of you who are joining us for part two, we talked a little bit about the history of Indiscreet. Uh, We talked about how much we love this album. I would definitely put this at, you know, the top uh, of favorite Sparks albums for me. It feels like an old friend that I've only known For not even a year, but I know we're going to be close for a long time. Uh, (laughs) Is how I feel. Um, So we've we've turned the album over and dropped the needle needle down, (laughs) and we've finally gotten to pineapple, which. (laughs) in preparation for this um podcast amy was also listening to this and at one point sent me a message i actually had my speakers plugged into my phone or like set up to my phone when i saw amy had left me a voice message so i pressed play and it was just really loud
1: pineapple (laughs) (laughs) I have to say like that. I, I have been thinking about you this week and just um, enjoying that.
0: Just <laughs> oh, so, so well, fun. it fulfills every need. Um, That's right. <laughs> it so really does. question for you. How do you feel about the song? Like, I like it. I definitely like it. It's very, it is one of those songs that like stays in your head for a really long time. And there's yeah. a few of those on this album for me, for me. Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. This is one where like, uh, after I listen to it, yeah, the next couple of days I just have in my head, <ranching> <speaking> <speaking> um, I, I like this song. I think it's super catchy. It's got some really lovely, I, I think it's got some really fun um, musical moments in it for me from a instrumentation standpoint. Uh, so I'll talk about it in a moment, but I, I give it a, I give it two thumbs up. I like this one. Um, but I will I, say I didn't ahead. remember. Oh, sorry. I didn't love it the first time I heard it. But, but after listening to it a couple times, then I really, I, I think I was really um, brought in by the joy of the song.
0: I think this is another um, song where Russell, like he read some information about pineapples. Like obviously this was written in the 70s. So these days... Russell would go to Wikipedia for his source. But back then he probably Reader's Digest. uh, Yeah. A Reader's (laughs) Digest or an Encyclopedia, because the whole beginning, like in turn, fueling greater demand, doesn't really sound like lyrics to me. Um, but uh what was I gonna say? One thing I really love about this song is that people still bring pineapples to various uh sparks gatherings i think that's That's
1: awesome oh yay Um,
0: and i agree it is really catchy um but it's you know i'm just earlier this week i went to um actually i went to a very i think rather strange winery um for those of you who are in the los angeles area if you ever want a quick wine visit Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there is a San Antonio winery that's just outside of downtown LA. A friend of mine and I took the train to go there. Um, And there's a reason I'm telling this story. Oh, yes, I remember. So we decided to take a train. She lives in Long Beach. I live in Santa Monica. Meet in downtown. Then we cabbed it to this place. Anyway, um, on my way, There was someone with his baby daughter, and they were cute. I'm going to give you that. However, the dad was playing very loudly Baby Shark to entertain the child. And I considered that a bit of a hate crime.
1: Um, But luckily,
0: I had music, so I turned my headphones up really loud. Uh, Then I got to this winery which is like definitely the strangest winery i've ever been to it feels like it's frozen in time in the 1970s and for those of you who live in the los angeles area and see these like constant billboards for stella rosa wine and you've always wondered about it guess what that's where they make it who knew anyway (laughs) yes really um while we were at this winery Uh, They had a guitarist who was playing different tunes, quite lovely. And at the end of the afternoon, he played Baby Shark. the bastard i was like why is this song following my life it is following my life and why do i bring this up because you know as we all know baby shark is very catchy and i feel like pineapple is like that too if you hear it once it's going to be in your head for like the next two and a half weeks so
1: yeah another thing i think you were telling me about this winery is that it felt a little bit like a cafeteria. It did. And that you felt, you know, it, it, it did feel like it was, when, when did this album come out? 75? Yes. 74, 75. It, it, you said like, it did feel like, it felt like the late seventies, early eighties, like going to a, a mall restaurant with your grandparents.
0: It did, <laughs> like, it did. I can definitely I, see grandparents getting into this place. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, you were like, isn't
0: that Father Michael over there? yes yes that's how i felt i felt like the parish priest um (laughs) from my childhood was there with his um bevy of female followers from the from the local church that's that's (laughs) that's the vibe and i also felt like if this place was not in california but was in chicago it'd be you know right by the airport and a lot of salt of the earth types would be going there on the weekend a couple
1: of fried chicken and spaghetti yeah
0: (laughs) yes but the menu'd be a little bit more italian is what i thought (laughs) Um, oh, so funny. Yeah, no, it was it was quite the experience. But,
1: but you did say on your way home you saw what a coffee house called Equator.
0: Yes, and <laughs> on the way home, uh, just looking out the window, dreaming, daydreaming, uh listening to. Oh my gosh, should I admit this on the Sparks and Sparkles podcast? Yes, I think I should. I am a big fan. Okay, there's no sorry secrets. everybody i'm a big fan of the escape channel on sirius i don't know if you know this channel it's it's basically all music. it's all music and covers of so- instrumentals of pop songs you have known and they pretty much tap out around 1992 so <laughs> you might hear an instrumental version of walking in memphis but you're probably not going to hear anything much no
1: beyond that but you've so- got some carpenters you've got some journey <laughs> yes
0: it actually the best thing about it to me is it's a complete free-for-all like you know if you listen to any other station it is programmed these guys I feel like they just have a catalog of things that were made that there were instrumental versions made of and they just they just throw it out there so uh you might hear Um, Michael Bolton, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You, but an instrumental version. And then you might hear a little Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. (laughs) Then you might hear I'm Still Standing, instrumental version. Then you might hear, I don't know, Moonlight. And then you might hear an electronic version of the Intro to Swan Lake. Like, I mean, which I that that is I'm just trying to think what did I hear on the train um so I'm just chilling waiting to see what wonderful nuggets gonna (laughs) pop up on the escape channel again or, or next and I look out the window and I see the equator cafe and I was like oh my god this is exactly how I pictured it this is exactly how I picture the equator song we could Amy next year on March the 10th you and I could go there and just, we'll host the sparks. you know what we could do? We could invite Sparks fans from around the world, but here, you know, what we could do, we could invite them March 10th, 3 p.m., but half the people who RSVP don't show up like you you decide are you going or are you not uh, because that'll be part of the fun and then we'll be like surely we set it for 3
1: really p.m it. We set so. It with set. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yes oh. there's an equator cafe in west los angeles nice. um, and also i would like to now take this moment to issue a formal apology to ron and russell mail for comparing pineapple to baby shark because <laughs> obviously. Pineapple's a better song. There's, you know, in my opinion, in my opinion, there's a lot more going on. Uh,
1: there is but- a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, because I was I, I, one of the things I, I really like about this song. There's a couple little instrumentation things which I it make it feel even more whimsical than it already is, or maybe it feels whimsical because of them. Um, You know, I love that it opens with just like acapella voices and the ooze in the background. And then you get this, you know, bass line coming in or vamping piano with some electric guitar, but then the bass line, it sounds like a tuba or a baritone or maybe a bass trombone. Mm -hmm. And I really just enjoyed that the bass line was a brass instrument. It gives a kind of an old, a little bit of a, more old-timey feel, um, and, and then there are just some some really other lovely moments throughout the song. Uh, let's see, what, what else did I note? There's some really fun points uh, when they get to the refrain where they're singing, you know, pineapple, shares are going to divide, where the lead guitar, I think, electric guitar is playing in unison with the vocal line, and then it goes into, like, a little counterpoint. It's just, like, a nice little moment that yeah, one of the things I really was thinking about with this album specifically is that they're just, and, and I guess the other two we've covered so far is they're just these lovely, just really musical moments that could have just been throwaway. Like the song would have been fine without them; it would have been perfectly enjoyable without a little guitar counterpoint. But it's still there. And I think it's it's really what makes these songs so interesting to listen to. Mm.
0: And it's interesting, too, that uh, Pineapple's coming off. Um, it's it's right before How You Getting Home, which has a very different feel.
1: It's right after.
0: I'm oh, sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, it's coming after that. Sorry. I, I don't know sorry. what exactly I said. But yeah, it's right after How You Getting Home, which has a totally different feel. And then, of course, it's right before Tits, which also has a completely different feel again sort of fueling my speculation that this is kind of a sparks sergeant pepper's sort of album
1: yeah you know so you're right because uh the 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 songs on this last side are all so different uh both musically subject matter and they're all so wonderfully unique um and it's great to hear them together in fact i i was going to talk about this a little bit later when we get into tits but I was, I, it, these, some of these songs take me back to that feeling that I had listening to come my house. I was like, I want to stage it. I want to stage it. <laughs> like some of these songs would make my Broadway production, especially tits, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, but um, that, I'm that's ready just... to
0: go to tits. Are you?
1: <laughs> well, uh, let's see. What else did I note about pineapple? I know you and I were talking about this. Sure, the kids will throw it far because it ain't a chocolate bar line. That's my favorite really line.
0: Sure, yeah. sure, the kids will throw it real far if it ain't a milk chocolate bar. And you're right, Russell. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, far. really.
1: But but what's, what, what I realized in re-listening to it was at that point, uh, they introduced like, kind of like a treble synthesizer, which actually gives it a little bit even more of a playful kids sound not kids, yeah but a playful playful sound um, and it just they they just layer and layer on top of it it's super super fun and uh the ending oh, <laughs> the one thing that I was laughing about was uh I was reading the lyrics and uh you know I love I, you said it sounds like it was um an article he read and I feel like it was like a Wall Street Journal article maybe <laughs> Because, share, because they say shares are going to divide. Oh, and, yes. And as you'll for those of you, the upward trends are foreseen. So invest in Big P. <laughs> big P, Big Pineapple. <laughs> so it was a really fun. And then, you know, they end as they open with that acapella sound. And then a really a, like the staccato piano. And it sounds like you're going to go into another verse, but it's it's the end of the song. And what I find really interesting here is that it goes right into the song called Tits. It, almost like they're just connect you know the same song or connected and somehow yes
0: I want to ask you about tits oh yeah we got
1: (laughs) you know I have a lot to say about that
0: I'm so excited that we're finally going to talk about tits it's really been no um (laughs) what do you think that song is about
1: we 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 talked before about audacity (laughs) and like it's very audacious to put a song called Tits on your album when it's 1974. That was like, I'm surprised it wasn't censored. Like it, it really, it's one of those things that's like I couldn't, in some ways I was so surprised that it was a term and a song that was used. Um, <clears throat> and this, this song, I, I was thinking about how the song has evolved for me, the more I've listened to it. And, um, wait, now what was your question? <laughs> uh,
0: what's the I song about? Thinking.
1: First of all, the first time I listened to it, you know, all I, I just laughed because the term was tits and then it's got that hilarious line about, um, you know, they're for, kind uh, of blanking at the line.
0: They
1: all look uh, good three or four. Well, no, uh, <laughs> that one. I'm going to come back
0: to that line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That one. But uh, you know, for, for months and years, tits were once a source of fun and games at at home and now they're just here to feed our little Joe. So I, you know, that just made me laugh. And that was as far as I went with this song. And then as I continued to, to listen to it, I really started to enjoy that sort of drinking song piece of it. And it's got some really beautiful melodic lines that bum, 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 for this, what's
0: the four? four. It is four four.
1: It sounds a little Bum, bit ba, oof, ba, 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 ba. the reason why, yeah, it it, it it they do because, um, so the reason why is because in the opening, in some of the the I guess refrains, they're kind of like a da, 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 it almost feels like a two four, but it's actually four four, but then you know it really goes into four four because they get into drink, you know,
0: drink.
1: (laughs) Then I started to really, like then I started to listen closer at what was being sung. And I I had these moments of listening to the song where towards the end, especially when he sings, Harry, I know it's you, you know don't say a word just forgive you know forgive me let's just drink one more the way he the way that he sings (laughs) Harry is really powerful and moving and um you know it it, it leads me to think about one of the reasons why I was thinking about like oh yeah this is again one you could stage I I love that they and a lot of their songs they actually like we were talking about the last time how how the songs are like these little moments in time. There's little vignettes, you know, a, a day in the life of, or a conversation that somebody, you know, that's it's it's a encapsulated moment. And one of the things that makes that really resonate with me is the fact that they use names. Hmm. They use these names of characters. He didn't have to say Harry. They didn't have to say tits are only there to feed our little Joe. And what was it, ABC or BBC? Oh from uh, propaganda oh bc bc he you know is betty and charlie and like they 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 use these characters within these vignettes and i think that really does lend itself to this little moment in time that you're just sort of peeking in on I, it, I does. Really enjoy that.
0: It, it you know um maybe you've heard this in your um performance training, but I took um a number of improv classes earlier this year. And one of the things we were encouraged to do in little scenes that we did was create names for characters because it just causes you to engage more. It helps mm-hmm. you kind of develop your story and it helps the audience too.
1: Yeah. I'm a big fan of John Hodgman, who I don't know if you know who he Yes,
0: I do. Yeah. But
1: he, he Uh, on his podcast, uh, he often will tell people specificity is the soul of narrative. And it's something that it's like, man, it's such a good point. Like it's the little details that do bring you into the story so yeah and then I was like of course then I was overthinking I'm like oh my god it's like Falstaff with Henry V who he, who he called Harry like oh it's like that I'm like okay I, I'm thinking way too much about the song it's, it's really good but no you're not it's Sparks
0: <laughs> we have a podcast about it <laughs> We're not. this is material
1: well you know it, it kind of it, when we listen to Kimono My House you you said several times like it just so many of the songs felt like they could be cabaret numbers because they are these just incredible moments in time and I really think this song digs into it and for people who maybe haven't bothered, who just haven't read the lyrics I mean the the plot of the song is you know two friends drinking and one saying my wife is seeing someone and then through the course of the song you find out he knows that his wife is seeing his friend Harry um Honestly, in my staging, I think I'd have uh, the main character try to poison Harry with his drink.
0: Well, I was always wondering why he's really forcing him to drink so many drinks. Like, (laughs) is he just trying to kill Harry through alcohol poisoning? Or is it just because this is I mentioned this on our part one that I believe Ron Mail hears throwaway lines and then builds entire songs about them we see some possible proof of that in um the sparks brothers movie because music that you can dance to was apparently written after someone said why isn't there any music that you can dance to in this and i personally and i might have said this on the previous podcast so we'll cut this out if i have but um i personally think ugly guys with beautiful girls that was like a hundred percent somewhere where you hear that and with tits i think the throwaway line that this whole song was built around was they all look good after three or four (laughs) like you can just put yourself 1974 (laughs) england in a pub after a show (laughs) with a bunch of guys in a band maybe a few roadies uh probably having a look at the new biles and be like hey you know they all look good after three or four (laughs) um i can totally totally see ron building the entire song around this lyrics am i right i have no way of knowing it's just my theory (laughs) well you know what i what i think
1: is very interesting about that line is at the beginning of the song it says they all look good after three or four but by the end of the song they all taste good after three or four to me it's really
0: all so good
1: well i i think that my understanding uh, and and how i've heard it too is that as they're continuing to drink, they're talking less about pits and more about actually drinking and getting drunk and that drive to drink. I mean, it's also good after three or four.
0: It's also good. I'm looking at the lyrics. It's also good.
1: Right, there's another line that said uh, this. So in one of the verses, it says they all taste good after You're three or right.
0: 4 So,
1: so uh, right. the reason why I bring this up is because this line to me, really sticks out to me both musically and because of the evolution of the term and you know there is that aspect of drinking like the 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 process of getting drunk you hit number three and you're starting to just feel better like you're that's that point where you're having more fun if you're if you were upset about something you're getting less upset like it's that pre-maudlin <laughs> drunken part of the dream, you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, like I and exactly so it's like it's like that magic guess. time where you're like drinking and like I'm gonna feel like this forever let's have another one and you forget like oh wait but after like five or six that's when I want to kill myself or whatever your saying So is, you my
0: know? my husband um hit he, he is from England and that's why I can speak British and American, in case people are wondering. But um, his, <laughs> like Madonna. his, like, like Madonna, yes, like Madonna. very, very, and Russell, much so, and, and very Russell, much so. um, Russell, no. and Russell, yes, and Russell. Um, but anyway, his his nan uh, had a saying about beers that there are four kinds of beers: um, a talking beer, a laughing beer. A singing beer and a crying beer these are the four beers that you will drink when you're out so there you go you're right if you if you get Damn to four wrong. you might be moving into the crying beer
1: totally and but i also
0: kind of think you could probably do talking laughing crying singing i think this is another hey. i never knew the order whatever
1: whatever you know it's every individual you journey. do you you do you <laughs> yeah yeah this song has just so much in it and i I love the different musical f- sections of the song. You know, there's there's sort of the lyrical, pretty melody, and then a drinking song, and then these points where you get. Um, well, we're just talking about that where where they go. You know, it's all so good after three or four. Where they repeat it a couple times. The lead into that is just like a single line piano right hand playing that melody, bum 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 bum, or however it goes, and then the other instruments come in and it becomes this really driving rhythm it's a very powerful music moment to me and and i think combined with combined with the great singing and the the acting portion of it this song is makes me think about something we've talked about with other spark songs and especially more recent spark songs about their use of repetition and how they like Home is an amazing song. It's this, you know, the same lyrics, same line, but every time it's done with a little more, a little more, a little more flavor, a little more this, a little more that, to, to the point where it becomes really powerful. And I think you get you you start to see that them develop that technique um, in this period of time. And um, with this song, for me, it's it's really I, I think about that repetition and side A. They did that as well. Anyway,
0: you know, tits the song for me it's it's not my favorite on this at all and in fact whenever it starts i'm like oh yeah we're at tits
1: because like, oh, we gotta talk about this i'm sorry it's interrupt i'm gonna get i'm sorry i'm interrupting your flow but i'm gonna do it interrupt my flow uh, I, I will come that back that beginning, too, beginning it. is so bonkers too like that beginning do you remember the band morphine it was like, 90, like yes! 90s and i think yes! that they're, they're, Chicago,
0: this chicago is not chicago saskatoon is in the room <laughs> Boos, Boos. Nice. yes i do i do
1: i i always think about that band in this beginning because i think that if i recall they had like a bass drum and then some other instrument that like wasn't it definitely like a, guitar. Had a
0: saxophone
1: there's that was thing. it. It was bass. Yeah. It was a bass guitar, a drums, and a saxophone. They didn't have any sexy guitar,
0: voice. like
1: you know, they didn't have actual guitar. So it gave it had a of oh, yeah, roll sexy voice, and 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 the overall sound was a very uh haunting kind of sound, and that's what yes. it sounds like to me. That's the heavy, you know, it comes up with this like heavy drum, and then the boom, 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 boom. before you get the melody. It, it, it sounds like a drunken person walking you know it, it, I don't know I Anyway, I'm sorry I did have
0: to do the 1970s pub I can like smell the stale beer I can feel <laughs> the stein in my hand of Watney's red barrel um <laughs> so yes uh okay no what I was gonna say is when I hear that beginning I'm like oh it's it's tits again like it's it's not my favorite at all and in fact We're going to get to one that is one of my favorites in just a minute. But um, I really love all the musical changes that it goes through. And then at the end, where it sort of fades out on these synthesizers, that is another one of those moments that I feel like it could, because that song at the beginning and honestly calling it tits and the lyrics, everything feels very 70s to me. However, when I get to that end with those synthesizers, again, that's very 80s to me. And I'm always impressed that Sparks are always doing something that no other band is doing at that time. And then it's kind of like when I listen to... um, gratuitous sax i'm always impressed that they actually used auto-tune <laughs> on it like auto-tune was very new at that moment people were not using it all the time but here's sparks are using it um and so again really like going hard on those synthesizers people were mm-hmm. starting to use them at that time but um yeah. but still, that's, that is actually my favorite part of the song when those synthesizers sort of fade. they out. yeah
1: they yeah Yes, great, I agree and i also i love that the synthesizers are treated like like a violin or like the, i mean it just adds such lovely flavor and i i do love i, I like the end of as well i'm not a huge you know fade outs aren't my favorite but i i don't mind it on this one uh it fades out and then it goes into it's a hoedown, down not a slowdown down. <laughs>
0: uh it goes into it ain't
1: 1918 turkey in the star right it is
0: like a total (laughs) hoedown you know um this is an album that has so many musical changes Mm -hmm. and i forgot i think oh okay so i have watched the new series of the kids in the hall which um oh yeah joe is watching some of it yeah if you love the original series um you you're not going to be disappointed with the reboot it's it's pretty good I think I will I think it's say their best work in a long time
1: I haven't I I wasn't my husband was watching it and I was doing something else so I wasn't I was watched a little bit but then got you know whatever I was in the other room but I have to tell you one of the things that I had such um a nostalgia every time because they use the same opening theme I mean we we're talking before about like hearing that baseline and that opening theme song hearing that just brought back so many memories right. for me oh
0: yeah and it
1: was too. really like I, I felt like because I remembered when that when that you know show first came out and like oh okay we're hearing the theme song it's a new episode and I I got that feeling you know like oh yay it's a new episode it's
0: a great <laughs> it's a it's a great theme. Um, Mm-hmm. Theme tune. Uh, i don't know if you know the band who does it they're called shadowy men on a shadowy planet oh yeah i actually had that album um the album is uh i think that i'm not sure i don't think that that theme is on that the theme has a great name too it's something like weekend afternoon or something like it, it fits perfectly yeah uh but i did have their album dim the lights chill the ham which is like yeah awesome I
1: remember it was, oh my gosh i totally forgot like yeah yeah that's all coming back now
0: um but the reason well and now that we've mentioned kids in the hall i have to say one of the things i've realized watching the reboot is that i've had like a 20 plus year crush on dave foley i feel like he could do he could do no wrong in my eyes yeah in every costume i don't yeah. care what he's wearing i still am like yeah
1: yeah Ew. like he's yeah <laughs>
0: dave call me um, i like
1: when bruce macaulay i think at the very beginning uh, also like, bruce, i mean all I- of
0: them really but <laughs> dave number one he yeah. goes am i still the cute one <laughs> yes there's actually and i have been quoting this line because i have a bunch of friends who are in their early 50s um there is a line and i cannot remember who says it but i'm the baby i'm only 59 and so i've been saying <laughs> but i'm the baby i'm only 49. <laughs> Uh, but anyway uh i watched the reboot it was really good and i was reading um a little bit of press that they had done you know in anticipation of the reboot one of the things that they mentioned about how they do their skits is they really think about the order Mm -hmm. they think the order is really important and in fact they referred to sergeant peppers and said you know one of the reasons whoever this was it might have even been dave um one of the reasons sergeant peppers sounds so great is because of the order um, and we always think about that when we're putting together our sketches, and I'm thinking that uh, our lads here, Ron and Russell, probably thought a lot about the order for this too.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a, we, we talked about Sgt. Pepper's last time, and, and absolutely the same, same things apply. You know, I, towards the end of this album, I started thinking about, you know, this was also the period of time where, like, when did the uh, Tommy, the Who's Tommy came out?
0: i think you're right i think it was right around this time it it, might have even been 75 let's let's check but maybe uh yeah the movie came out in 1975
1: yeah so it it, it in in some ways too i was in thinking uh, because i was back to my like i'm staging it i I was like you know there really is that aspect of of like the rock opera and like you said sergeant peppers and the way that the the pacing of the albums and not today because we have plenty of other stuff to talk about but i will would be really interested to talk, you know, with you about what what do we think we've gained and what do we think we've lost with um, the 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 restrictions that albums put on to the composition of the album. Like, you know, it could only be so many songs. There was only so much recording right. time. Songs were typically only X amount of time, which I can debate historically they were shorter too anyway whatever but like with with electronic music and streaming music and ep you know eps were really big i think in the 2000s and then we but now we've kind of gone back to releasing full albums it to me that whole evolution has been really really interesting and i'd love to talk
0: with you that, about it it is so but, interesting i i will just say personally um uh, I I will contextualize this in a minute, but personally, I don't feel really sad or happy about those changes. I would just say I don't care, but that's when I say I don't care, what I mean is like some people I know feel really sad about that um i feel like well music changes the people mm-hmm. who are making a change generations change so of course the way in which it's consumed um and and that experience is going to change and i'm really good with that in fact um i will tell you this is another little detour tonight what's happening right now as we're recording in london is the very last ducky at the royal Vauxhall tavern um Ducky as an organization is going to continue. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Ducky is a wonderful, long-running, um, gay, post-gay um, club night that's been going at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, which is a, a it's, it's been a gay pub in London for centuries. Um uh-huh. Ducky itself is not going away but they are leaving the Royal Vauxhall Tavern so that is really sad. Yeah. They've been there since 1995 and you know I'm here in LA I would I lived in London for 10 years I would love to be there right now. I wish I could magic myself there. And of course I'm sad that it's ending. Of course I'm sad that it's ending. However, the other thing I think is that the people who started it are now in their 50s. They started it in their 20s, now they're in their 50s. You know what? it is time for them to move over and make room for people who are in their 20s uh, or teens or 30s to create what they wanna create. And I'm actually all for that. Um, that's kind of my attitude about it.
1: Yeah, and I when, when I asked about how you feel, what oh, that was such a, so interesting. Cause when I, when I asked about how you feel, I didn't mean like emotionally, I more meant like how do we think it's impacted music production how do we feel like it's impacted us as listeners and consumers of music but i love that you did immediately go to how how does it make you you know feel because you're right that is the first we as much as we don't want to admit it that is the first point of emotion for all of us is how we're reacting to stuff like that And, and
0: you know what again coming back to our very first sparks and sparkles podcast to me this is one reason why i think you know let's Let's be women talking about music that we care about. We're going to look at it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the first thing I'm going to talk about, um, and I know hashtag not all women, uh, is how it makes me feel, uh, and unapologetically so. But uh, where where were we? Oh, we were at 8, <laughs> 19. <laughs> you know what? Do you remember the first time I played this for you? No. Okay, this was December of last year when we were kicking back at your place drinking sparkling beverages and watching sparks videos and we were playing all of indiscreet we got to this song, and your verdict was this is very pretentious that was that's where the pretentious comment comes from. Oh, thank you I can
1: remember Uh, you and your elephant like memory. (laughs) but I can see why again when we talked about that before like do I think it's pretentious anymore no not really but we did talk about the fact that I could see why that indulgent why thank you um why why that did get that reaction because it's a rock album and um we've already gone you know we've had Haydn, we've had uh now we've got American, like uh, Appalachian, I don't know, folk, hold out. Well, I guess you're in Missouri, but um I, I actually like I don't hate this song. I don't love it, but uh there are a few like there's it. some really fun moments in it. I what like do you it. love about what do you like about it?
0: Um I am a, always a fan of lyrics, you know. I love yeah. Bride Mails witticism like we were just finished talking about tits i can personally in my mind i see ron snickering as he's like coming up with the title of this song getting it on the <laughs> album and both of them you know right yeah but um no i actually love that this is a story about two people who sort of like um froze themselves in time and then a bunch of do gooders decided to help them. And then they didn't want the help. And they're like, well, if we can't be happy, neither can you. That is like a, it's a great ending to me.
1: But- a great ending. Yeah. I yeah, I love there. Are some really great literature. here. I love that they mentioned the Stanley Steamer, which I don't know if you're familiar with that. It was Not a really. it was an automobile that was invented in it, it. So it was in the I think it was invented in the like 1910s. It could have been a little bit earlier, but it was actually uh, at that time when they were trying to determine, you know, which car was going to make it, it was uh, a car that was, uh, was more like a a, a steam engine technology, like a train was at the time. Mm -hmm. So rather than like the internal combustible engine with, with the diesel fuel that we actually was adopted this was i i'd have to read up on it but anyway it was an early option of cars that was i think coal d- driven by coal and um steam power so there we go the stanley steamer it's not just a, a an upholstery cleaning service <laughs>
0: very funny shall we move on to the ladies lingering
1: i think yes
0: I've been, like, basically just waiting this whole conversation out for us to get to the (laughs) ladies. I fucking love this song. Now, in my alternative Sparks universe, where Sparks were, like, just global superstars throughout the 70s in all countries, two Sparks songs would still be getting constant airplay you know on 70 stations and maybe other things too one their cover of i want to hold your hand i feel like should have been a hit but wasn't uh and lady is lingering why are we not oh hearing this i'm eight million a stations song. all the time it's so good it's so yeah. good amy tell me what you think of this song what you want to share about it
1: so to, there's two things that I think of every time I hear it. First of all, this is just a sexy, sensuous, I love the classic Hollywood sensuality of it. I, I love I, you know, I just I I love the sensuality of this song and and pretty straight sensuality. Not, you know, there's no little jokes in here. There's no little like haha moments that we have in a lot of other spark songs. The other thing I was Where thinking are all like,
0: those funny phrases? <laughs>
1: well <laughs> yeah, it's just a straight like man oh, it's heck these sound the other thing I think about it every time I think I hear it is this is like if side A were how you get in home side B would be the lady is lingering because <laughs> it's like two different
0: hookup songs but like. so different you know or rather Amy in how you get in home a man's trying to take a woman's agency from her but in the lady is lingering the woman's Taking control. Hmm. Is she though?
1: She's giving a lot of hints, but it She's sounds like the lingering. singer is still saying, lingering. like, he's lingering. You know, and and we've talked before about, you know, Joe's philosophy. Hey, if a lady talks to you, she wants to have sex with you. You should just go for it. <laughs> so uh, if a lady is lingering, might as well go for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, this is a, you know, this, okay, I think this song, first of all, it's got, Power pop 70s amazingness all Yeah. It. yeah I'm trying it to does. think of another 70s song. Can you I can't think of a song that it rem, it reminds me of other 70s songs, but I can't think of a specific one. Um yeah one that like just comes in very strong and yes
1: the, you know the inst the opening and you know it opens really strong and um I, I do I agree, it actually sounds the most of the period, one of the most of the period yes. songs on this album. I agree. Uh, I think because of like the guitar and it's got the strong bass and it's got the heavy piano um, and it's just got such a great like kind of lyrical line. Um, I haven't listened, I will admit, in my preparation for our episode this is where i stopped (laughs) that's okay so i haven't listened closely at the instrumentation but i agree with you it it sounds most most like a 70s song and just a really good one
0: yes um every sip is of the smallest quantity that still reveals a certain thirst um she's thirsty i also like the way russell sings a look a touch a sigh Woo. Ooh, oh yeah so it loaded. is loaded yeah no this is a this is a great one i can also this song is like covered in red velvet for me like i i can see red velvet shag i think you're right this definitely has a a classic a 70s classic, to it.
1: romantic i mean even you know even earlier type it's got a very like uh i don't like pre um, like almost a pre 70s where you know casual sex was becoming more and more frequent the free love movement had happened you know 20 30 years before that you did have to rely more on these like s- signals and you know what in the yeah in the like regency period or whatever like how they how the fan was being held and that meant one thing and another like all of these really subtle physical um, exchanges Uh, it is very sexy it's very sensuous i love that yeah i love it swathed in red velvet
0: it feels that way to me and i can also see like red that like i feel like the room that they're in like i'm just gonna like i would put this in my musical and you're in a super 70s room like think red shag carpeting think velvet bell bottoms think like tons of smoke think wine bottles with like that paper around them. <laughs> you know, like that's where we are uh for this song. and i love uh is there anything else you want to say about the musical arrangement of it or no like
1: I, as i said i didn't i didn't um dig too I, I just didn't have the time to prep but uh yeah this it, it's just my own
0: so this is, this is actually my favorite part of the album. And I, I feel like, you know, you've got the ladies Lingering, then In the Future, which I also f- just fucking love, love, love. And the funny thing is, In the Future, or sorry, uh, Lady is Lingering, as we said, sounds classic 70s. In the Future does actually sound like it could have come out today. Today it is.
1: Out of space and out of time. It is so incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I, I love this part, too. Both of these songs, when I when they come on, I'm just joy. I have genuine feelings of joy.
0: Um, I also love uh, Russell's crazed delivery of the lyrics. In the future. <laughs> yes. You'll love it. I know it. I know
1: what you like. And you'll love it. Ah! <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and I so what the one one of the things I was thinking about with this song and again I didn't prep very well but I it has these moments where it's like it's it's a rock opera it's an 80s movie it's a you know it's it's something happening today it's something happening in the 70s like it just has these like measure to measure tastes across uh you know rock rock music it's it's so incredibly uh interesting. And I mean, I'm interested to know because when I listen to it, there's definitely some bands that I think of. Like I hear a little Devo in there. Um, you know, what do you? I don't know. What, what I can think hear? of a
0: specific band that it reminds me oh, yeah. of, maybe, maybe Beck a little bit.
1: I mean, yeah, because it changes so much. Oh, Beck. Yeah. yeah.
0: But um, I feel like this could have been on this could have been a cut. Um, on an album that I picked up at any time between like 1993 and now, uh, from from a sort of like alternative band. This mm. doesn't sound 70s ish in any way. It doesn't really? sound, you know, like like even if we listen to me, no, no, I don't think it does at all. Um, when I when you hear something like Donna Summer, I feel love, or and I'm just kind of thinking of, or craft work, or um, number one in heaven. So, you know, kind of that Giorgio Moroder At the time, that all sounded super futuristic. I still think it sounds amazing. I love that sound. Same with New Order, love that sound, but it also now sounds of its time to me. You know, like it, it sounds like something that came out when synthesizers were like really hot does that make sense what i'm saying yeah but this doesn't have that it, it, it's futuristic which makes sense because it's about the future but i don't i don't feel like i can pin this to a specific spot in time like i can i, can I agree with that number one in heaven to the 80s easily you know i can pin uh i feel love um to the 70s
1: but what i find interesting is that you said 92 when i hear the song it's it sounds a very 80s to me um and, and a good way like again yeah i would go '80s. Like it jumps around sure. into sure. I, so many maybe. decades i feel
0: like you know what i feel like it's that frenetic yeah maybe maybe but i feel like why don't i feel like this is 80s i don't know if i can articulate it as well as you can but what i would say is like you've got that sort of staccato but then the way in which it's sung is kind of all over the place in a but way later yeah. in musical time to me that's that's what i would say
1: that's a good point yeah oh it it is an incredibly um just unusual interesting where did this come from song and can i
0: say i'm also going to put this in my um sparks are actually time travelers
1: yes yes this this song convinces me almost more than anything (laughs) else literally the future is fun
0: (laughs) how did they know Here's here. Well, here's why I was going to say it's because they have the lyrics. I'll be there. It's up to you. You'll be there if you don't do nothing foolish. So They already know they're going to be there. That's what I'm going to say. They're see, see. Yeah, they knew. They knew. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, this is such a neat, neat song and such a different sound. And then you go into looks, 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 which.
0: And I love the way it goes from those like little beeps at the end mm-hmm. of it, of future to. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That, that. I, I feel it.
1: like a lot of the songs on this side, especially, the side sounds like one big song in some ways. Yes. It, because they really, yeah. Yeah. That transition is amazing.
0: Um, what was I going to say? You know, there was that trend in the 70s, I think to like kind of go back to that 40s big band style. There were a few people who did that, like Bette Midler. She had a number of hits like that. Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, I think she had a hit with. Um, So when I hear Sparks doing big band, my immediate thought, and actually how I first felt about this song when I first heard it was like, oh God, really? You know, like, hey, I that I mean obviously because I was like I was a, i was a little baby when this album came out. I wasn't listening to Sparks. I was listening to um I don't know Orleans uh or the Doobie Brothers. I was gonna say knowing your dad <laughs> you were listening to something pretty cool. As um, a baby. Dr. John, probably, but uh <laughs> from well, your crib. From my crib, <laughs> yes. But of course, I remember the 90s swing moment. And of course, and I was and am still a big fan of the Squirrel Nut Zippers. But in general, I was not a big fan of this, like, let's go back to the big band song. But this song has hugely grown on me. It is, it's it's a wonderful song.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, and I, I kind of skipped over it with, um, we kind of went from it in 1918. But one of the things I, I don't recall if I said earlier is, um th- th- that song, it has it, it's not just, it's not just a hoedown fiddle. Like, yes, that is part of it, and they've got clapping, so it sounds very, you know, historical. But they layer in those electric guitars and the drums, and the, you know, there are these moments where it's suddenly, you know, a modern song. It's not a hoedown song. It's something that's more rock and roll. And I feel like Looks, Looks, Looks kind of skirts that line a little bit. Like it, it really is that big band sound, but it's they've got then these moments where it does feel a little bit more like a rock song, which is so fun.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And also, of course, the lyrics are also really fun. Looks, Looks, <laughs> Looks are why you lot rely on books. And again, <laughs> I, I love, I mean, I love the way Russell sings this I like I, I like a lot here spot her her error now she's all over you um but this this is great this is a great song
1: I my I think my favorite line is a face that launched a thousand hits
0: oh yes <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking about that line today
1: <laughs> uh, hmm. well you know the other thing that I was I was just actually looking up back on the wikipedia article um you know this song and get in the swing were released as singles yes and to me it's such an interesting choice and to, to your point like i kind of understand why there was a moment in time where um oh and i'm looking at okay here's i'm looking at the singles it says singles get in the swing with profile and then looks like looks, looks" was the other single that was released with pineapple it just seems like such they seem like ad selections. get in the swing and looks looks looks
0: on the other hand if you think they both would allow ron and russell to wear sort of like band uniforms but i mean
1: (laughs) (laughs) but what about I'm, i'm curious what what else was going on culturally and musically at this time where those were you know those were the ones that they thought were going to really make the airwaves um
0: maybe they didn't care maybe they didn't have to choose
1: i think there's probably a reason why i just would be really interested to uh, you know obviously i haven't i haven't cracked the code but you know like we talked uh, you you know you mentioned yes there was like the big band resurgence and we talked before about how like bonnie and clyde that movie had come out and the sting and so there was oh, also yes, this kind of like right. throwback to the 20s and um so the, culturally there was there were these like historical references becoming popular again um i think it was they just jumped an, on that
0: yeah i think it was a bit of nostalgia because we think yeah. about the age of the people who would have been listening to that in their 20s and 30s um they would have been very young or um maybe kind of the way i feel about the 60s is it feels so close and i'm very interested in it but i was never there for it like i find Mm -hmm. i find the 60s just a really fascinating uh decade because i wasn't there but then i was there just a few years later so like You know, you'll see pictures of your family and um, things that you recognize, and it looks really close, but it's not. So I don't know. I I just wonder if there's some of that nostalgia. Um,
1: Absolutely, I think you nailed it. That yeah, you totally nailed it.
0: And then we go into such a sweet ending. Miss the start, miss the end, where Russell sounds extremely British to me. On this one, you know, miss the start, miss the end. I have to say this song was in my head, I feel like for a month. Like it is like just constantly, constantly. Which is that just
1: like a regular chord? So so here's what here are some of the things that are going on uh with the with the music or with you know with the lead musical line. So the beginning of it is so you have obviously chords are made up of notes in the scale. What you were just doing is actually just a scale. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, ti, re. I can't go backwards, but whatever. So there's scales. And then um, the other thing you do when you have chords is you play the multiple notes together or you can play them individually, which is called an arpeggio. So if you were going like do me so me bum 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 and uh what they do at the beginning is that same technique of arpeggios, but they I think they're called like open chord arpeggios or something like that because it's bum 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 bum
0: bum bum
1: bum love it love it uh love it and then like you said so they've got these like big open arpeggios and then the scales that come in there's this is a beautiful song and I feel a little back to the time traveler I feel like this song I think of so may we start when I hear it I think like these are just both of these songs are just these really incredible moments and for some reason was this song in Annette I
0: don't don't remember I don't think it was it reminds
1: me a lot of the music from Annette
0: that's interesting um
1: but yeah, so so you had it in your so you had it in your head for a month, girl.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> that we 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 need more than just each other, so much more. We don't need yeah, um that was in my head for a really long time. Um I like this song. It feels very different. For, like I could end this on looks looks looks. I feel like that would be a fine end. But miss the start miss it maybe it's because i first heard this on the 21st century edition so then as soon as i hear this i'm ready to hear profile i'm ready to hear, yeah you know? it's true i i feel like i'm going into a new part of this album um to me to me but uh Yeah, I don't know what to say about the song other than I really enjoy it. Oh, me too.
1: It has, for one of the reasons why I I like it and I like it as the last song on the album is it really does uh, also give me a rem, like it's like Bon Voyage at the end of. um, Love. uh, I'm Uh, blanking. Propaganda. Thank you. Also, it's such a beautiful song and it is sort of this like, a lovely end sailing off into the sea. And I do feel like Miss the Start, Miss the End is like that. But there's something a little more bittersweet about Miss the Start, Miss the End. You know, there's something to me just a little haunted and and we didn't quite make it, but you know, we're gonna have to see how it starts and and how it ends, and then tell them what they missed again. I don't know. There's just it's a very beautiful song, and um I it's now I'll listen to it. <laughs>
0: I'm also wondering when Russell sings Miss the Start, Miss the End, because we're such very good friends. it Always sounds like a little bit sarcastic to me. Does it mean really? Probably.
1: Oh, to me it sounds like um a little bitter because of a missed, you know, missed love or missed romance There's or missed something friendship. There. Something, something a missed relationship that it anyway.
0: Uh there's also a little bit of ron Mail kind of breaking the fourth wall if i don't know if you can use that metaphor for this but where he talks about the opening bars and the closing bars might well not exist or might as well not exist they're not really needed um the other song that i'm just thinking there's probably more there are more but this this just the other one that it comes to my mind on exotic creatures of the deep um uh, strange animal do you do you have you listened to Excited? Not yet i, I, mean, I it, love that album that I is know. actually another one of my real favorites um but that song um a uh, strange animal at first really annoyed me because it's quite repetitive and then it grew on me and now it's one of my favorite spark songs but the song is basically about I feel it's a lot about Ron's writing process. You'll you'll see you'll see. Yeah, when you get there. And so, like, I just like that there's a little bit of that in this song too. This um, just a little touch of what he's thinking about with the song. Yeah, I guess he does do that quite a bit. And
1: music, you know, you mentioned I think on a previous uh, episode, music you can dance to. Every note is in its right place. Like, yeah, yeah. that he 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 he. It takes those moments and goes with them and thank goodness
0: (laughs) but that that is actually kind of what i mean when i think about what i said on our most recent podcast where i feel like everything that you love about sparks really comes together on this album including that sort of self-referential um jokiness which i love so thank you guys such good stuff and And, I you know yes
1: you you are right like I because I listed the digital version and like then I go to profile profile but (laughs) we will talk about the bonus I do too actually we'll talk about those bonus tracks but this one I just yeah I feel like like bon voyage it's like a a beautiful send-off
0: and thus concludes our journey round the island albums
1: uh well thanks so you know hey thanks again for listening and thanks for listening to us talk about this wonderful band and amazing musicians and all of that good stuff so and uh, thank big you ron and me.
0: russell for being awesome musicians and artists and letting us in to your world a little bit yeah we appreciate yeah, it for sure Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. You'll love it. I know it. I know what you like, and you'll love it. Ah. <laughs>